Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clit Talk. Be sure to visit clittalkshow.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at clittalkshow for your clit fix in between episodes. Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today. Yes. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow. Bring your pussies to the show. Welcome to Clit Talk, the pleasure positive podcast, the sex ed you wish you got, and then some. So we have a really incredible guest with us today. She has her master's in public health. She did her residency at Harvard. She's a primary care physician, and she's one in 45 doctors in the U.S. to be certified as a cannabinoid medicine specialist. And she uses this specialty in her family medical practice. So please welcome to the studio today, Dr. Uma. Awesome. So, Dr. Uma, four of the top most common cancers diagnosed in America are in the sex organs, from breast and endometrial to prostate and colorectal. So Mm -hmm. are all the causes of these cancers something that we can control through our environments and self-care? Absolutely. I truly believe, you know, you are what you eat and what you are surrounded by. And absolutely, the other part is our genetics. And these cancers are increasing in places where we did not see them before. And a lot has to do with the foods that we're eating and also the exposure to so many different chemicals in our environment. So what kind of, uh, so here at Clit Talk, we've done an episode called Pussification, which is really like cleaning out our environment. Are there specific things that you recommend looking at to um, really cleanse the environment to not be exposed to so many toxins? Friends, Dresher's event at the health summit. And she, I love Fran's three words that she always says, what you put, put in you, on you, and around you. And I carry those three words in my practice to my patients because what we put in our bodies from the foods that we put in or don't put in our bodies, what we put on our skin or anything that our body has to be exposed to, which is the chemicals that we use in our environment, and also people that are around us. And so these are all very important factors in how we live our lives. And any of those factors that could be toxic can truly impact our body in creating illnesses and diseases. Right, right. So, um, so another thing like beyond can, like not just cancer, but any kind of disease or affliction in the reproductive area, do you recommend to your clients using cannabinoid use for pleasure? And what do you recommend? When you talk about two things, you talk about different types of cancers, and then you talk about pleasure. So, both of these can be combined where we have patients that have had cancer and still want to have pleasure and patients that have just want to have pleasure, which is nothing wrong with that either. And for our patients with cancer, many of them have gone through surgery, chemotherapy, radiation, you know, have had actually parts removed 
from their body and they've been treated with different types of immunosuppressants and even steroids. And all of those can have side effects. And so cannabis, I look at it in three different ways. When my patients initially come to me, they're usually coming to me for treatment. And then we look at it for maintenance and then for prevention. And when it comes to pleasure, I look at it for all of those things as well. So pleasure-wise, you do want to have a healthy relationship with whoever you're having sex with, man, women, whatever it may be as far as same-sex partners or heterosexual partners. But if you're considering pleasure, we want to have intimacy without pain or less pain and to avoid things that could be uncomfortable. And cannabis helps in many ways for our patients from helping them to be able to be intimate. Many of our patients have been through trauma, so even wanting to be close to another person is difficult. And then there's patients that, older age groups that I see as well, where there's vaginal dryness and it's painful. So how do we get it so it's lubricated and enjoyable? So we can use different forms from topicals to even ingestions and uh, suppositories, vaginal, rectal, and oral suppositories as well. So many different ways that you can use it and many different purposes. And so what you're saying is there's, so as somebody who isn't into cannabis, it's not something I enjoy, you're saying there's a way to get the health benefits without the high. I like to not use the word high. Because I feel like people are freaking high when they walk into my office that are high (laughs) on their pills. You know, we use this word high with cannabis and we should really be calling it healing because it, it works with our body system. I'm not saying this is for everybody. I've made that clear out there too, very publicly that this is not for everybody yet. This is the big yet part. I do believe that it should be a first-line option where it's available instead of giving opioids or even over-the-counter meds. To answer your question, absolutely. You can consume cannabis in different ways without feeling intoxicated. Okay, so I have a question for you. As some, So earlier you said you might not want to smoke it. So I, ha- I have two questions for you because I'm uh-huh. considering becoming a cannabis user after speaking with you. My first question is, what is, what is, I guess, the healthiest or the most common way that you do recommend it to your patients? And my second question is, what do you do if every time you smoke pot, you just want to go to sleep and you don't have fun? And you can't have exactly. sex. You can't have sex. No, sex is good on pot. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a whole nother conversation. Um, so, Let's answer those questions, first of all. So the first question was, what is the the most common way I recommend my patients to use it? I truly tell my patients inhalation is one of the easiest ways because I use the word titrate. You never, ever hear Dr. Uma use the word dose. I use the word titrate because I look at this as servings of food. And when we start out, with a baby that we start introducing a small food item to, you start out with one food, one fruit, one spoon, a little bit at a time, and you see how they react. Well, the same way, 
inhalation is a very quick onset. And so you could just take one little puff and see how you feel and wait. And you could wait 10 minutes, you could wait 20 minutes, but you're going to feel the effects of that little bit. And I also explain to my patients that how the onset of the different delivery systems will be and the duration. So they understand how to use it. I call it the do me, okay? (laughs) And the do me is the D is duration and the O is the onset. And how will it make me feel? That's not what do me means in my world, but yeah. Hashtag (laughs) do me. This is the Dr. Uma do me. It's the Dr. Uma do me. Yes. Do me, baby. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I have to make it fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. So people can understand how to use this because this is a very different approach because the whole thing that I'm teaching my patients is self-care teaching them for the first time that this is about you and let it see how it makes you feel. And the other part is teaching them and educate them. Here's the science, where to go to get the information. And because my patients are also the ones that are my messengers. They're the ones that are out there spreading the word as we are doing today. And I also say, reach one, teach 10. And as they learn this information, they're able to learn it themselves and share this information and it helps them get empowered. And the biggest information we teach them is about safety first, do no harm. And a lot of people will ask me, well, Dr. Uma, what about smoking and cancer? So you guys must have that question, correct? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Well, all right, let's get there. And so... A lot of people have been told, and the truth is, tobacco consumption causes lung cancer and absolutely can. Well, cannabis consumption, they said, well, let's look at that. And this is a wonderful information that people can look up. Dr. Donald Tashkin, and I'll spell that name for people, T-A-S-H-K-I-N. Dr. Donald Tashkin at UCLA, in your part of the world, is a pulmonologist and looked at patients, and they looked at people of four groups, people that smoked nothing, people that smoked tobacco, people that smoked cannabis, and people that did both, tobacco and cannabis. Can you guys, ladies, tell me which one had the least amount of cancer? Which group? I natural- cannabis. The, the <laughs> cannabinoid users. Cannabis has cannabinoids in it, and it's been proven to be an antioxidant and neuroprotectant. And so what they found is that cannabis users actually had less cancer than the people that smoked nothing. But and why? So, well, why is that? And that's because we have an endocannabinoid. Can, I'm going to say en- that wrong every, every time. Endocannabinoid. Cannabinoid. Endocannabinoid. And, that, and that's because we naturally have that in our bodies already as a system, and the cannabis actually helps balance that out. Well, that and the receptors. So when a person inhales it, 
what it's actually doing, it's, it's a bronchodilator, it's a vasodilator, and it's an anti-inflammatory. So when they looked at the group of patients that smoked tobacco and compared it to the patients that used tobacco and cannabis, lo and behold, tobacco and cannabis had less lung cancer because it had those protective effects on those receptors. People don't realize, you know, we didn't have inhalers back in the 1850s. And guess what they had? They had asthma cigarettes. Yes, (laughs) asthma cigarettes. And what did they have in these asthma cigarettes? Cannabis. And they lit it up and that's what they inhaled. And it helped the patients bronchodilate and it was an immediate action and brought down the inflammation. And if anybody has ever had to use an inhaler, I have. And I'm a, a, I'm a spaz when it comes to using them. And, you know, you, and you already can't breathe and you got to find it first of all. And then you got to make sure that you're breathing and inhaling and it doesn't hit the back of your throat and all of these things. And when you use those, they do work, but they make your heart race and palpitations. And cannabis can do that too, but you want to make sure you're hydrated. And these are some of the things that we teach our patients If you're going to use cannabis, there's some basic rules that has to go along with it. And we teach our patients, Dr. Uma says titrate, not dose. So we've already covered that because titration means a little bit at a time. And the three rules are rule number one, always hydrate before you medicate. Because the side effects of cannabis use are dry mouth, dry throat, can make you feel panicky, can make you feel anxious. Rule number two, you always start out low or very low and make sure you have food on board. And we talked a little bit about this with when you use cannabis, it causes your blood sugar to decrease. And that makes people a little anxious. So that's why we say make sure you have food on board. And I'm going to come back to that in a minute. The third rule is journaling, because every time you use a product, you really have no freaking clue what you're getting. You may get a label, and it may have some information on it, and may give you some guidelines as to what the product is, yet there's no standardization. It's not like you can get that same product somewhere else and it's going to be identical because it's a plant. It is not always identical. And right now we don't have standardizations in lab testing. So these are those three basic rules that people have to understand and make sure they do that. And then their experience will be much better when they start out. Hey, Clitorati! Can you never seem to find enough time for yourself? When you hear the words self-pleasure, are you like, what the fuck does that even mean? We have some exciting news for you. May is International Masturbation Month, and we've decided to do something about the 
putting everyone and everything before yourself epidemic plaguing our country. Join our entire cast and all your friends for our very first ever 12 Days of Masturbation Challenge, where you will receive daily inspiration from our cast and some of our most fabulous past guests, plus tons of other surprise goodies. Sign up right now at clittalkshow.com and have a radical shift in your self-pleasure. This episode of Clit Talk is sponsored by York Manor. If you're recently engaged and searching for the perfect wedding venue or just looking to host a fabulous event, be sure to check out the York Manor, a gorgeous event space in the trendy neighborhood of Highland Park, Los Angeles. The York Manor, M-A-N-O-R.com. And tell them Clit Talk sent you. So I have a question. Can you get the same benefits from just CBD or do you have to be ingesting THC to get all the benefits of cannabis? This is coming up a lot because people are hearing a lot about CBD, CBD, CBD. So let's talk about CBD. CBD, again, is one little cannabinoid, and the plant has over 500 different chemicals and over 140 different cannabinoids. And CBD is on the spectrum as being non-intoxicating versus THC, which is intoxicating. And CBD does not, and I want to make this very clear to people, CBD does not work with CB1 or CB2 receptors. Only THC does. Okay? So what's important for people to understand is CBD definitely has a role. Yes, it can help. If you're looking to get a complete effect, especially with cancer, I tell people you definitely want the THC. So you got to get high to, like, basically get better. (laughs) You got to get healing. You got to get healing. You got to feel it. And what I get from that is, you know, a lot of, well, stress causes disease in the body. Disease and disease, right? So cannabis, say I acknowledge that it, it alleviates physical symptoms, but... For my favorite use for it is in reducing anxiety because my stress levels can get really high and mm-hmm. that's what gets high. And I need to bring Absolutely. the cannabis for the healing aspect. And I think that a lot of stress, you know, it's great if you can, if you can clear your own stress without cannabis. But, and I, I try to tell people this in my, in, in my community, like try some weed because you can just really chill out. People who get sick a lot, like I have friends who get sick a lot. Those aren't the people that are smoking weed. Mm-hmm. They're getting run down, they're getting stressed, and they get sick over and over again. And my friends who use cannabis, like they, I don't know, they get sick like the average person might get sick or like less. For me, I get sick like twice a year, which I think is pretty good. But I don't know. I just think that we have this conception in society that is 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 so not the truth. So I love what you're like, thank you for educating us and educating our listeners because this is the truth. You know, our government shuts it away from us, but, you know, we're speaking up and bringing that light. And I'm just so happy to have you here to to share with all of us and spread that message and, and start to really, you know, um, push back on what the government's withholding from us and what we don't know as ways that we can literally heal ourselves right now in this moment. We get it. You love to get high. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm and, kidding. <laughs> and I have a question that makes me that makes me think of a question where it's a little unrelated. It's medical, 
But I have PCOS. And is Can you this tell something our audience PCOS? What that is? It's polycystic ovarian syndrome. And I'm curious if cannabis would make a difference for that syndrome. Absolutely. So I have a group of patients here. So when you talk about polycystic ovarian syndrome, what kind of doctor did you go to? Gynecologist and endocrinologist. So what did the endocrinologist tell you? Oh my goodness. This was like a year and a half, two years ago, I've had this diagnosed. I don't recall specifically. I'm in managing it right now. Okay. So polycystic ovaries means that when you go through a cycle, a woman normally has an approximately a 20 day, 28 day cycle where the hormones are in a cyclic way where you ovulate, the ovaries release the egg and As the egg is released, if it does not get um, implanted and inseminated, it's not going to implant and you have a withdrawal and you have a period. So this is pretty much a cycle. With polycystic ovaries, is what happens is that, as it clearly says, polycystic ovaries. So the ovaries end up where the cysts are formed from the eggs actually going through the cycle. And what it does is that it causes ultimately hormonal imbalances. And weight gain. (laughs) Weight gain, increased hair, cycles can be abnormal, weight gain, difficulty getting pregnant, and and they are even prone for diabetes-like symptoms. And what they're giving people with PCOS is treating them like they were diabetic Yep, and giving them metformin. Metformin, Victosa. And different types of things to, again, affect what they're trying to control and with prescription medications. And each of these medications have side effects. And my thing is, if you can use cannabis and give it a shot, why not? Queen Victoria was given this for her menstrual cycles, for her pain. And people with PCOS can have a lot of painful menstrual cycles. Women that also have endometriosis, people that have had abnormalities. And I have women that are now even using vaginal suppositories for PCOS because of treatment and are successful with that. What I'm saying is, why not give it a shot? Is it something where you could just put CBD oil on the outside of your body, or you think it's an inhalation-type treatment? Well, it's interesting you say that, too. So we could do a couple of different things. If you can inhale it, they have different types of cartridges that are out there, and people are even inhaling vaporized flowers that are high CBD, and those are helpful. They're ingesting Even things like hemp, we come back to this food consumption because the foods that we're eating are processed. A lot of things, the meats, the eggs, whatever we're eating, hormone treated, that's affecting our people. This is where understanding what we're putting into our bodies makes a big difference. It can be consumed not only by eating it, you can ingest it, even topicals. Like I have some women that combine it and they're using different types of delivery systems on their abdomen and it's able to penetrate through. 
This is great. So this is like the episode for cannabinoid use and reproductive like problems and how it can help. So I do have one more cancer question. So we've talked about using it as preventative. We've talked about using it as a supplement to help with the symptoms of Western medicine cancer treatment. And Mm -hmm. can you use cannabinoid cannabis for um, primary treatment of cancer? So when we look at, you know, pretty much what are the options for treating cancer is chemotherapy, radiation, whack parts of the body off, uh, immunotherapy, antibiotics, or steroids. Pretty much those are the biggies. So simple things like skin cancer. We have patients here that I know with their fair skin or that they've had skin cancers in the past, they will use cannabis on their skin as a prevention and even treatment. They're using things like concentrated forms like Rick Simpson's oils and right on to the lesions and be able to treat it. Wow. And be able to not have anything else. Or if the procedure is, instead of having a wide incision and having a much larger scar, it's minimized to a much smaller area. So yes, it can be used for absolute primary treatment. And some of my patients are very clear. They're like, I don't want to use drugs. And they will just use the cannabis. And I have patients with cancer that have outlived their prognosis with the use of cannabis. What it does is it actually helps prolong their life to have a quality of life. And I call cannabis the exit drug. So not only is it helping people get off of their drugs and narcotics and alcohol and nicotine, but it also helps patients die with dignity. Well, once again, thank you so much for all of this really incredible information and really just getting us to think in a different way about these, you know, you know, maybe something as simple as a thyroid issue all the way to cancer and that there's, there's different treatments and different things that we can try, especially for pain management. And we don't have to use the, the drugs with the serious side effects. It's just, it's really nice to start this conversation and to know that there's other options out there. Um, and it's, you know, again, you're, you're one of only 45 doctors in the country doing this right now. And we just really, really thank you for your work and thank you for giving people who are going through these serious illnesses, like a different option, something with less side effects and ways that we can live a healthier life and prevent some of these diseases from coming into our life. So thank you so much. Absolutely. The one thing I did want to touch upon was this concept of diabetes, because what we're seeing in our population is that patients that have been diabetic with the use of cannabis, their hemoglobin A1Cs, which is an indicator that they look at, are able to be lowered and they're even lowering their other medications. So in conjunction with other treatments, we're seeing its effects as well. So that's another important part, though. Even if you don't want to use it just as your primary treatment, you can use it in conjunction with your other medications. Ah, that's amazing. And can you just state your slogan that I'm so in love with just one more time? Absolutely. Dr. Uma says cannabis is not an entrance drug. It is an exit drug from pharmaceuticals, narcotics, alcohol, and nicotine. Yay! Awesome. Thank you so much. And then where can can our audience find you? Located in Natick, Mass. 
at Uplifting Health and Wellness at 127 West Central Street. Our website is TotalHealthCareTHC.com. Our phone number is 508-444-2324. We hold free meetings, yes, free monthly meetings that are held at the VFW. We want to make cannabis the normal and we want to make sure that people understand that it's about stigma and I want everybody to understand about the endocannabinoid system and we're doing it through education. So that's how you can reach out to us. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Woo. Thank you.